0: Okay, let's get to it. No lollying about. Uh, What episode is this?
1: (laughs) don't ask me. (laughs) Oh, well. Welcome
0: to the false... 88, or whatever it is, but... uh, Sorry, episode 82. 82, whatever. That was Uh, close. As if anybody cares. I know. Uh, (laughs) The false neutral... The podcast that asked the question, huh? What episode is this? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Every time.
0: Welcome. I'm Pete. Garrett and Eric are with me. Uh, we may be somewhat abbreviated this month because uh, we're squeezing this into Garrett's schedule because he's got a lot we want to hear about from him. We are all in different time zones. Garrett is on the West Coast and Eric is Eastern and I am Central. So Eric actually talks to us from the future. So... Yep. um. I appreciate one of you is doing this in the middle of the afternoon. The other one's doing it at dinner time. And so we're, we're making it work. Yeah. So first of all, I'm not even going to ask about workshop updates because I know that Garrett has some really cool workshop updates. What's going on?
1: Yeah. So, and unfortunately, they're not really workshop-related, they probably will be pretty soon. Well, there um, are things
0: in your workshop.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, that that is a scientific fact. Uh, I had a friend who I've talked about on the past couple episodes. He passed away unexpectedly and had a motorcycle collection. Um, He and I were good riding buddies. He loved two-stroke bikes. I love two-stroke bikes. Um, And now the family is dwindling down some... Of the bikes so are keeping some. Um, this is the person who bought the uh, Rebel 350 that I had, um, and we've exchanged some bikes back and forth over the years. But um, at any rate, I posted some pictures uh, to Pete and Eric earlier of just a few of the bikes that are going to be um, sold, and then one of them I'm gonna buy. So there's uh and I talked about it on the last episode, at 84 Kenny Roberts RZ350. And it does probably need a top-end refreshing on it. Um and then there's a variety of other bikes. Some are kind of basket cases. I don't know if you guys saw the picture of the RZ350 with the green gas tank on it. Yeah. But yeah. it's I mean it looks like a stump bike gone terribly wrong. Um the the gas tank uh is very very dented um it has i think it's fz 400 or fzr 400 um suspension on it so as i understand correctly they used the same swing arm on the rz's as they did the fz 400s which were made a lot later but at any rate um it's just a complete basket case but it does run and ride for what that's worth um it so looks I'm gonna from s- the
0: pictures like it's beat up bodywork but it's very savable I mean that yeah yeah the bones are still um, well there
1: yeah it's got a really nice actually really nice Penske shock on the rear um it's you know the suspension that's on it it's probably a lot better than what an rz would have had you know the the stanchions are a lot thicker um, a lot better front fork on it a lot larger brakes
0: wider um, rims
1: yeah yeah much wider uh so yeah, I mean, it looks horrific, but it's actually probably a pretty decent performer, um, and it's all there. Uh, but of, of the nicer bikes, um, there is a seventy-one Triumph. Uh, what did they call those? The five hundred. The um. Uh, uh, what did they call those five hundred cc triumphs? Daytona- the the Daytona. Not the Daytona.
0: Oh, the, Um, the, the TR5, uh, trail bike. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cause that's actually a, they stuffed the Triumph 500 motor into the BSA 500 single chassis to make the TR5T.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: I'm trying to think of what the heck the name of it is, but, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's one of those, but it's pretty nice actually. Um, so it's one of those for sale. There's a, um, fully fared RD 350. That's really, really nice. That's sweet. I like that a lot. Yeah. It's matte black, uh, two-tone matte black and gloss red. Uh, super, super nice bike. Um,
0: in the picture that you're, you're showing us of it is that Triumph, the one that's right behind it. Yeah. That's a Triumph 500 trophy.
1: Okay. Yep. So, um, Luckily, you know, it's funny. I was earlier today going through boxes of spare parts for these motorcycles. And in one of the boxes, I found the title to that Triumph. It was missing. And that was going to be a big problem, right? You know, you have to have a a title to sell a motorcycle. They didn't know where it was. And I just happened to come across it in a box of spare parts for another motorcycle. So luckily, I found the title to that. Um, And then there's also this uh, Suzuki Titan 500 and i've talked about this one a few times cuz i've actually put a quite a few miles on it it used to be mine um but it's a 500 cc twin suzuki uh it's a red and white one it's pretty neat it's a uh, it's look really showroom,
2: neat. look showroom new
1: <laughs> at least it in this photo yeah and you know what all of these motorcycles um like that that triumph or, i mean not the triumph the titan 500 it was built like that in the 70s uh, except for the exhaust pipes. Those are noon. But the paint and everything else on it is like old, old. Uh, and then same with that, if you can believe it, that um, fully fared RD-300, that paint is from at least the mid-80s. Yeah. But it hasn't been ridden uh, probably since the mid-80s. It's just been stepped away. So, but yeah, I am going to buy that Kenny Roberts RZ. Because Lord knows I need another motorcycle. <laughs> <Of course laughs> you it's, do. Yeah. It's been a long time since uh since I've been on a RZ, so it'll be fun. Um and then I don't know if I put the picture in here. I'll I'll find it. Um I found a new in the box. Uh you remember the Anodized Gold DG heads for the mm-hmm. RD 350s back in the day.
0: Oh, yeah, the radial um, and, heads, yeah. Yeah,
1: and, and they make a reproduction of it now. It's not made by DG, but they're still really expensive. I went on to HVC Cycle today. They want $758 <laughs> for a gold head <laughs> for RD. But he has new-in-the-box gold heads for RD 350, That's just pretty cool. Um, which, and I- they were... I've been told
0: by some people that they're not the greatest heads performance-wise. That
1: No, I mean, I was looking at it, and the combustion chamber is mammoth on it. So the compression ratio is probably pretty low on a bone stock RD. So for that reason, they, they could probably be optimized by actually uh, doing an install CC and measuring uh, the combustion area and kind of optimizing it for whatever fuel you have available to you. But... um there is, I don't know if you guys saw it in the pictures too. There's a yellow RD. It's, it's actually RD 350, but it has the alloy RD 400 wheels on it.
0: Okay. I was, I was curious about what that was because yeah. you can tell it's the 350 side covers on it.
1: Yep. Yep. It's a 350. So it's got 400 wheels. Um, that bike is, was intended to be sold, but it, the title is missing for it. And, um, if the title doesn't come up, it's probably going to get parted out. And if it does get parted out, I'm probably going to buy the engine because that, um, that bike that I have that I haven't worked on in forever, that's the chassis, you know, with the spoked wheels on it Mm -hmm. that I wasn't going to put a water-cooled twin in it. Um, the chassis was set up originally for an air-cooled RD motor. Oh, okay. Um, so if, if this, already is going to get parted out. I'll probably buy the engine and just uh, refresh the motor, probably do a little bit of work to it, and then just put that motor in the chassis because it's already set up for that. So that would simplify my life tremendously to just put an air-cooled motor in it like I had originally. Bus plumbing to deal with. <laughs> yeah. I, I've kind of dreaded um, putting a radiator on that motorcycle because – it's really open, you know. It's just got like a, a, a small gas tank, and um, I think it would look a lot better air cooled versus having a radiator and whatnot. But yeah, we'll see. This
2: is this is the one where I need to call up and get a truck press vehicle and say, "Hey, do you mind if I put four thousand miles on this?" Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. It's, so it's not necessarily just the vehicle; it's the time it takes to drive across the country.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I work. I'm I'm
0: an independent contractor for every job that I
2: have. So as long as I have an internet connection, I'm probably okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, I was thinking more in terms of family and spousal approval. <laughs> yeah, without the dot, without the dog, but, but, you know, my wife could probably get tired of me real fast. So <laughs> you know,
1: yeah. Un Unfortunately, I was just noticing when I picked all these bikes up that they're. Their valuations of some of them are accurate. Their valuations of others are definitely not. Um, for instance, they have that um, the, the red and black RD350, the really, really nice one that's fully fared. They have a valuation on that one of $3,500. And honestly, it's probably worth a little bit more than that. Um, although it hasn't been ridden in 25 years, 30 years, so it needs a few things. But then um this uh the, the super ratty green R Z, they have uh that one valued at almost three thousand. And it's just like honestly, that's probably a fourteen or sixteen hundred dollar motorcycle at best. You know, it's there really aren't a lot of parts on it that are good. Um, and then also that RZ 350, the one that I'm buying and I, I haven't finished a deal on it because they have that one valued at 3,500 and it would probably be worth that much if the engine were good, but it needs engine work. Uh, it has no compression. It's got 28,000 miles on it and I don't know if it's been, I imagine it's had, bores on it before, because 20,000 miles is a lot for a two-stroke. So, I don't even know if there's any bores left in the cylinder, I've, and I don't know if the crankshaft's any good.
0: I don't know. I mean, a water-cooled... Water-cooling does a lot to help those survive if they're not, you know, they're not being taken to the track, and they're not being... You're not riding it like an idiot, you know? Yeah. Um,
1: I'm not so much worried about the cylinders as the crankshaft. You know, they... They get lubricated by a relatively small amount of oil compared to a four-stroke, and also they turn twice as many RPMs as a four-stroke. So, And and I would think just
0: just due to age, I would be worried about the crank seals. Oh, yeah, for sure. A
1: little bit of an air leak there, and all your work Um, goes up in smoke. And then also, I didn't know it until I looked at it like just before getting onto this podcast, but the cases are broken around where the sprocket is, and that's pretty common on those. If they throw a chain, it just grenades the section of the cases that goes around the sprocket. It's non-impacting. It doesn't affect the integrity of the cases, but then you have a piece of the cases missing, and you can see the front sprocket. It's... I've repaired lots of them, um, you know, if like there's damage to cases and they're unsalvageable, sometimes I'll just cut out the little piece. And I've generally in the past, I've had little pieces that I've been able to just graft back in. Um, but there's so few of these that come around anymore that I don't have any extra pieces. And so I just have to wait and come across a set of engine cases that I could salvage that piece from and weld it back in. Um, it just one more thing that's kind of wrong with it. So $3,500 is, it's, it's steep. You know, I, I felt like with engine work that it needs uh and other things, it's probably more like a $2,000 motorcycle. So we'll see. The, I think uh, I'll wind up with it one way or another, but I just don't want to pay way more than it's worth.
2: You might to, uh, to, I mean, you'll, you've got connections and you know people up in that area, obviously uh, to, to wheel and deal, but if you want to try and get sort of maximum money for this thing, probably, uh, you might want to reach out to bring a trailer and say, "Hey, I've yeah. got. I'm helping liquidate this collection, especially because the um, between the Suzuki that fared RD three fifty, even the even the Triumph, yeah, uh, those all look really good, nice and shiny, and those, right. you know." Bring it, and the nice thing about Bring a Trailer is some of those people are really dumb and will will gladly overpay. Yeah, don't pay. <laughs> yeah.
1: That, that's a good point, point. and I think that that would be a really good place, especially um, that yeah, that fully ferretarty um, that's a really neat and special bike, and I just don't think that that belongs on Portland Craigslist. Right. There might be a buyer here, but like you know, I feel like a bike like that deserves a little bit more attention, like something a Bring a Trailer platform could provide. Um, it's just a unique and nice, clean, collectible bike. And so, yeah, I think I'll probably actually will do that. So, but yeah, that's my shop. <laughs> 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 and that's not even all of their bikes. There's a few that the family are keeping too. So, yeah.
0: And he's keeping your 350 Suzuki Cafe yeah. Racer. Yeah,
1: yep. The family's keeping that one. Um, they're keeping a Honda Twin, a four-stroke Twin. Um, I don't have a picture of it, but it's a really neat bike. Um, there's another Titan 500 they have, they're keeping, and a Water Buffalo 750. They're keeping, um, yeah, so. I was yep, yep.
0: talking with a friend of mine, and and there were two different bikes that Showed up on our local Craigslist that we both agreed were undervalued and they weren't anything that either one of us really had on our bucket list, but they were, it was like, wow, that, that's low miles. That's one of them was a GS 1100, mm-hmm. which had like 3000 miles on it. Oh, wow. And the guy wanted 40, 4800 for it. And I yeah. thought, that's probably, you know, it looked showroom new and I thought, okay, that, that, that's probably a really fair price for something that's, and they said it had just had the carb synced and was in good shape and everything. So it's like, yeah, I could see that yeah. being a, a, a collectible bike at a decent price. And, uh, yeah, for sure. We were talking and, and I forget what the other one was, but we were both, oh, a, a TDM 850. No. Mm, and and that yeah. one was was out. but it was like i never said to myself oh i really want that bike it's just rare and they don't <laughs> and they don't show up all that often oh. so that uh and this one was you know i think it had 28000 miles on it or something like that it wasn't it wasn't like super pristine or anything it had been used yeah. but i've realized that there is a very small number of bikes that are on my bucket list mm-hmm. that i really would like to get And anything outside of that, you know, it's like, uh, I was talking with, uh, Cam Vanderhorst previously of Camden Tubbed and he was saying that, uh, you know, oh, I need to get a, an old Ironhead Sportster. And it's like, yeah, that's kind of cool. I like that idea, but it's like, I, there are so many things that I have wanted my whole life that if I'm going to spend any money, it's got to be a big check off that list. You know, yeah, a a Motor Marini 500. Absolutely. You know, some, some you know a GS550 just cuz it's cheap and clean i'm not about to go out and and i'm i'm yeah. trying to adjust my thinking from hey pick up anything that's nice that might be fun to what is it you really want to own
1: right so. yeah for me like the RZ350 is like it's kind of like my uh Porsche 912 where i just i can't afford an RZ500 or a TZ750 those are out of my league. So it's like the RZ, because those are like, just they've gone crazy in value. The RZs have kind of moved up. And so like, you know, I can still afford an RZ. So that's why I really just kind of want to get one now. And, you know, it's still a classic two stroke performance bike, but it's not the RZ 500. It's not the TZ 750, but um, it's what I can afford. And it's collectible. I think in 10 years RZ350s will probably be worth pretty good money. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. At some point, they'll, they're going to become old enough and enough of them will have been wrecked and ruined and scrapped that that anybody who wants one is going to have fewer. And I think more people will want them as they become more of a true classic. So, yeah. Yeah. I think so. Well, in talking about my bucket list as you guys know motor marini 500 sport is like one of my very favorite bikes never have ridden one Uh, i happened to mention on the facebook group for motor marinis that it was like man they're really hard to find in the united states because most of the people in that group are from italy or uh the uk or australia and uh I had this guy out of the blue go, Oh, well, I'm in Maine and I've got a 1982 550 or a 500 six speed that is, it was the last year they had the old style bodywork, but they had the updated six speed transmission in them, Mm -hmm. kind of the sweet spot. And he's like, Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for money for my road racer. So I'm thinking I might sell it. It's in real good shape. And I was like, why don't you message me some pictures? Yeah. Silence. So I reached out to the guy, Hey, I'm really interested. You know, could be serious. Why don't you reach out to me or post it on the group or something? And the guy just like disappeared from Facebook as soon as
1: he said that. So
0: I have oh, no weird. idea what's up, but I'm, I'm holding out hope for
1: that. So that's always annoying when that happens, especially when you get really excited about the well, prospect of, <laughs> the I truly something. told myself, don't get excited. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's easy to say that, but hard to do sometimes. That, that's
0: probably one of very few bikes that if the right bike came along, I would find a way to make the opportunity to get it. I would get the money. I would, I would move whatever needed to be moved and lift whatever needed to be lifted to to make sure that deal could go through. And I,
1: yeah, yeah, that'd be a cool bike to have. They look amazing.
0: Well, uh, our next subject, we are into new bike season, yeah. and uh, there have been a couple of very interesting ones. Probably top on the list is the Indian FTR 1200. Uh, there's two different models of it. One's basically better suspension and a little bit fancier paintwork and stuff like that, but uh, it's a really interesting bike. It's a derivative of the Scout motor punched nope. out.
2: Well, oh, the scout motor. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Yeah. I I thought you were going to say the chassis. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's a brand new chassis.
0: No, no, no. Yeah. It, it is the scout motor, but I've heard like 65% of the parts are different, but yeah, they said 80, 80%. Yep. Something like that. But the, the the motor to look at it, you're going to recognize the scout motor when you look at it. Yep. And, uh, it is, it actually looks surprisingly true to their, uh flat track factory racer, except for the exhaust. They, they, they wanted to put a high, they wanted to put a high exhaust on it and it just ergonomically and heat and everything else, it just didn't work. So they, they went with a low exhaust, which I actually think is smart because 99% of the time, these are going to get ridden on the street and that's just a whole lot more manageable than having an exhaust pipe by your leg. So, right. But, uh, Uh, nobody's ridden it yet. So we don't know about performance, but there's a whole lot of people that are really, really excited about this bike. They've wanted to have Indian come out with something that wasn't a cruiser. Yeah. And instead of going with a sport bike, they went with something that ties in with the Indian heritage. Yeah. Um, Indian was never a road racing company, you know, back then flat track, uh, back, board track before that. But by the time road racing was a big thing, Indian was already out of business. So it really makes sense for them to tie into, and they are very success. I don't know, very successful, at least somewhat successfully campaigning a race bike similar. So it's kind of the win on Sunday, sell on Monday. Uh What do you guys think of it?
1: Yeah. Well, when they first came out with the, um, the flat track racer, you know, it was just kind of a prototype thing. And when they, I I saw the first images and I was like, Holy smokes. If they build something, anything remotely like that, I will have to have one. And, and this bike is really similar. And so I'm really excited about it. Um, do you see, do you see this as
0: something that you would actually spend your own money for?
1: Well, like I said, on the last episode, the Harley, um, that, you know, the 2020, the Street Fighter, uh, yeah. prototype that they've had, like, that gets me really excited. And, like, for me to say that, I feel like that should mean something because, like, <laughs> I loathe Harleys. <laughs> um, and I have less loathing for Indian, but I still like the whole American V twin forward control thing. I just don't like it all. Um, but that's not what this bike is. And this bike, it looks really cool. Um, but it's also, performance-wise, seems to be really impressive. Like, they're quoting 120 horsepower from this. And I don't know what kind of torque it makes, but it's a 1,200cc V-Twin. It's got to be tremendous. Uh, you know, so, like, it seems to have amazing performance, great aesthetics, uh you know, and and it's it makes me want to actually be proud of American motorcycles uh, more than any other American motorcycles have. So um, yeah, I'm super excited about it.
2: There's three things about it. I generally have a positive reaction to it, but there's three things for me. Um, so the pipes, uh, yeah, but th- that's between emissions, noise, and and like you say, not not being a thigh burner. It's fine, and people will change that up. There'll be there'll be twenty companies with aftermarket pipes. Yeah. The day it hits the market, right? So that's that's a minor thing for me. The two other ones, and maybe I'm just not thinking it through all the way, but uh, the weight is disappointing for me uh, because I think they listed. I forgot if it was a wet or a dry weight, but I think it was a dry weight of something close to five hundred pounds, which. Considering you're starting almost from a clean sheet of paper is about, in my mind, 50 to 75 pounds too heavy, uh, especially when you look at something like a, a Ducati Monster, or some of the stuff that Triumph's doing. Uh, and then the last one would be pricing is probably fine, but seems maybe just a wee bit high what's the uh, what's
0: the it, it, have
2: they announced an MSRP thir- on 13 that? 13 and 13 and 15 or 14 and 16, i think 14 and 13999
1: 9, 9 and 15999 9, 9. uh right i'm on indians website okay. and it's it's starting at 12999 9, 9 yeah, for so the
0: 1200 yeah, yeah You know 13 what, i got to say that's 13. about what i would have ex- i didn't know what it was but that's what yeah. i would have guessed so
1: um Well, you know, so far as the exhaust goes, I never like to fault a motorcycle manufacturer for their exhaust designs because they have to do what they have to do. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. That's why I say it's it's a
2: for me, it's a minor
1: thing. It's like it's going to get changed. That's why I love the aftermarket. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, but man, 13, I feel like that's on the money because they're delivering a lot of performance, 120 horsepower. In that price range, that's that's pretty good. Um, it's got Brembo brakes on it. I nowadays it seems like, especially with all the technologies that they're putting into motorcycles with ABS and all that, that just kind of seems to be the price for a mid-range yeah. motorcycle. I mean, so. I mean,
2: granted, it's the same. Like the the full boat one is no different than say a you know the top end BMW nine mm-hmm. 9TR 9RT, nine TR or nine r t nine ninety. R ninety, yeah, R ninety. Thank you. Yeah, uh, I knew I would figure it out eventually. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, and they're selling it as a premium bike, and you know, if you were to build this yourself as a custom and whatever, yeah, yeah I get it. it. Just you know, I'm, I'm yeah. getting to that point in time in my life, like when I was a kid, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> older, I remember when, <laughs> yeah, I could buy a CBR nine hundred or a CBR six hundred RR for. Or it was actually just a hurricane at that point for forty two hundred dollars out the door. Um But I, I'm curious it's to see. Probably, like I said, it's a it's a fair price. They're trying to sell it as a premium motorcycle. KTM, Ducati, that kind of you know, Aprilia, yeah. even that kind of level. BMW. It, it's probably a fair price. It was just like, you
0: yeah. know, there are there are a couple of little details that I think bug me. Uh, one of them is there is some kind, I think it's a emissions canister or something hanging off the front of the engine that Mm. looks really tacked on. Uh, I do like the fact that they didn't try to go with some kind of faux number plate. They gave it a normal street bike headlight. They didn't try to make it look like a flat track competition bike. Like a lot of the, the customs do with sticking one little projector headlight in a number plate somewhere. Uh, If you look at the rear turn signals, they are all the way back behind the back wheel on, you know, they have the little, uh, floating, uh, Mm -hmm. rear fender behind the the rear tire and they're all the way down almost level with the rear axle.
1: Yeah, that seems really stupid.
0: The first crowded bike show or whatever you go to. Somebody's yeah. gonna come along and their shin is gonna take those off as they're walking between bikes that it just seems like a really uh yeah. they're just inviting those to be broken off. But And uh, that'll
1: give them the motivation that they needed to remove that whole contraption <laughs> yes. and put turn signals up where they're supposed to be well, and move I, the fender or the uh, license plate.
0: I found out why so many of them are going in that direction, and that is because in the European Union, the ECE regulations say that the fender must extend behind the back tire.
1: So yeah, I don't really know why.
0: And, and that whole, uh, trend towards having shorter rear ends and shorter seats and, and bobbing those doesn't fit with that. So this is the way that they can get a fender back behind there. Yeah. And, uh, they'll either have, do what uh some of the other ones do and have an accessory that meets DOT regs that they yep. or the aftermarket will just come out with something that you can, you know, fender eliminator kit. Yeah. Again, that'll be the first day that it's available, someone will have it.
1: Yeah. You know, and as far as the weight, it does seem a little bit high, but a Tuano is like four sixty five or four seventy, right? In yeah, there. but
2: that's also a ten year old bike now, too.
1: It is true. And it does have two more cylinders. Yeah. But um yeah, I mean it is it is kinda heavy. They're claiming eighty five foot pounds of torque, by the way. And I'm guessing that's at like basically off idle <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: I, I mean in watching although they did say they tuned this actually for more RPM rather than less I, like, that. I think is cool and yeah. if you watch the uh, promo videos it's like third gear they just barely whack the throttle and that front end yeah. is just up in the air instantly so yeah I mean it yeah. will be a hooligan machine and uh, we both have you know all three of us have been on bikes that weigh a lot but depending on how it's balanced and where mm-hmm. the center of gravity is it may not feel that bad so yeah um, I, you know, Proof is, I, I'm, I'm, I'm one who always preaches, especially on the car side, especially quit looking at spreadsheets and numbers. Actually go drive it or in this case, yeah. ride it and figure out what it really is. Don't judge it on, on, on paper. And, For and sure. I think that's really what we'll need to do on this thing is, is see how it shakes out. But I mean, same with you, you know, the same thing. I'm like, I, I don't know how I, w- I would afford it, but damn, I'd like to try.
1: Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. I'd be yeah. When it comes out, I'll go and look at the fit and finish of it and see if we'll do any demo rides at my local Indian dealer. Um, I haven't really looked closely at Indian motorcycles in the last couple of years, um, so I'm curious to see kind of how all this one's put together and you know see how what the quality looks like, I guess, from the outside. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right, on to Pete's favorite, the Katana.
0: I I I have not my favorite. I'm I don't know what to do with my reaction to this. I either really like it or really I know
1: you have a desktop on your computer of the katana right now.
0: No, actually I don't. I'm not even sure that I that I feel strongly about it. Uh if if you don't know, it's basically the GSX F1000 with the long stroke version of that motor. With different with with different bodywork, um, mm-hmm. and it's it's it looks a lot like the original 1980 Hans Muff Katana in the seat and the tank in the the fair little
1: like front projections off like in front of the headlight. You know, it's got like little spider fangs.
0: <laughs> yeah, and and it, but I. Uh, I don't know if that's enough to make me like it because it's basically uh their existing bike with a a little fairing in a different seat. I mean they've yeah. just reskinned their existing kind of ve- everybody likes that motor, but it's definitely long in the tooth. Yeah. And I think I'm disappointed that Suzuki hyped this so much. And when it came out, it's like, it's a different gas tank. You're yeah. like, wow. Okay. Um, I, I'm not
1: really I... digging the square headlight on the front.
0: Oh, see, that's my one thing I really like.
1: It's so, yeah. I mean,
0: I think that shows
1: the difference in our ages because I really, well, don't get me wrong. I can appreciate a square headlight, but on this bike, uh, it just doesn't really suit me that well.
0: I think it's cool that it's got a, a split LED reflector headlight on it. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I like that. Overall, the looks, it, it looks like an old katana that someone put an air hose to and just blew yeah. it up. And it looks a little balloony. Mm-hmm. Only because <laughs> nowadays that's how you have to build bikes when you put a spar frame in the middle of it and. Yeah. A big air box where the big tank wide. where the tank nor- normally is, and you centralize all the mass and and it, that's all they could do. I'm not sure if it works. You although, know, although I I kind <clears> of <throat> if I was out shopping for a thousand cc four cylinder super naked, which I'm not for. Any of those three categories: (laughs) thousand cc, super naked, or a new bike. Um, I'm not sure if I would. I would. I'm not sure what you're cross shopping this with, except for maybe the the maybe
1: a MT10, maybe.
0: The MT10 though is is so much more. I mean, it's a stronger motor in a in a yeah. smaller, more compact bike. It it doesn't compete with the MTT you know, any better probably than probably the, the GSX. CB
1: the CB 1000R. You know that new thing that Honda built,
0: or the new retro KZ or the Z 900 RS. Yeah,
2: yeah. This is this is a pure nostalgia play right here. And you either I think Pete's got the got the right of it. You're either gonna like it or you're not, and it's either gonna appeal to you or you're gonna think it's the fugliest thing you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> and to be fair, the original Katana was
0: fugly. A yeah, lot, when it came yeah. out, a lot of people were like, oh, that's the most hideous thing ever. But it's, it's been around long enough that it, it built up some cred over time. It yeah. went from ironic cool to cool again. Yeah.
1: What I'm really liking about this though, is how the ergonomics look like they might be uh, designed. And it almost looks like the super Duke are how you really sit down into it. Um, you know, it's cause the tank rises up pretty high, but it's also got some really high rise handlebars Mm -hmm. and And it looks like the handlebars are quite a ways up above the seat height and it looks like it would be just a really neat city kind of hooligan riding position and that could really play well to its character. So
0: I would agree. The first thing I looked at when, if you compare that with the original Katana, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: um, The low bars kind of made that bike, and this with the big tube handlebars that are so high is so different that I thought, wow, that really doesn't fit the bike. But then looking at it, I'm like, you know, anybody who's going to buy this bike is either going to want to ride it around town like you're describing, or they're an older guy that isn't going to be able to stay hunched over the tank like he did in 1980. Um, I think it's w- very wise from a marketing standpoint to make it something accessible with higher bars. I don't think it does anything great for the looks. And yeah, I think that it really is going to make it a local bike because especially when you have that big, it's not a windshield, but the, right. the shroud above the headlight mm-hmm. is just a big scoop pushing air up into your chest. When yeah. you get out on the highway, You're going to have so much wind blast right on your chest, and you're not going to be able to stay hunched over because you've got these big bars that are way wide and way back, and and you're just going to be a sail. I can't see anybody riding this any distance because uh, it's just not going to work on the highway. I think if
2: you uh, take off the, the rear view mirrors and relocate them elsewhere, it cleans up the styling a ton. So it no longer looks like insect uh, antennae, mm-hmm. uh, and it, like whether you do like a bar end mirror or, or figure a different weight about it, I think that'll make a, a pretty big, big difference on on the looks. So, anyways, uh,
0: another new new ish bike, another uh, bike that I went to look at was the Vitplin Seven O One. Our local mm-hmm. Suzuki dealer got him in. I went by after work to take a look at it. And I was really, as you know, I've been very interested in that line. And I was very interested to go by and look at it. Um, my first reaction was when I actually got on it, the ergonomics are just atrocious. The bars oh, really? are so low and so far forward that. It wouldn't work in the city. It wouldn't work on the highway for any period of time. It, it, I guess it would work for really fast, high speed blasts for a short period of time or just to look cool around town. You know, if you're a young hipster and you want to look like you got a cafe racer, I guess that's what you want. But from any kind of functional view, I, I thought the ergonomics were just a mess. The seat is take a piece of neoprene and not even like three mil neoprene. Take like one mil neoprene, stretch it over uh a, a one by six and don't bother to bevel the edge on that one by six before you do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it felt like. I had the corners digging into my, my thighs. As soon as I sat down, I'm like, Oh my goodness, this is atrocious. And the guy's like, yeah, I know like the dealer was so disappointed with how bad the seat was on it. Cause he's like, yeah, am, that's going to limit
1: people. I'm so. pretty convinced that the people that are buying that are wearing skinny jeans and don't really care about the ergonomics and are just going to ride it to Starbucks.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and it, it really changed my whole attitude of the bike of, okay, this is strictly a styling exercise and, and, yeah. Uh, I am surprised that some of the reviews I've read, people were not more dismissive of how uncomfortable this thing was. Because just sitting on it in the in the dealer showroom, I was like, wow, you didn't give if, any consideration. If, if yeah. you really like the bike, just head over to your KTM dealer,
2: buy a Duke 690. It's essentially the same bike with <laughs> yeah. a whole lot better ergos. Yeah. yeah. Maybe a little more weight, but not much.
0: There's another bike that uh, I wanted to bring up because it perfectly illustrates what I was saying earlier about I'm not going to go for things that are not on my bucket list. As you know, I organized the smack dab ride, and, and we had a guy do the ride the second year on a WR250R. That's the street-legal, water-cooled, mm-hmm. uh, higher-power 250, but he did it on a 250 single. And I thought that was really impressive. So I made up a under 250cc tab to go under his finishers patch. There's two tabs yeah. you can get. One that says repeat finishers. And if you do it on anything 250 or less, I'm I put that in. So I was looking for 250s. And there's a whole bunch of bikes that are... Right now, your dealer has a whole bunch of non-currents in smaller bikes that... They are really willing to give away, like a thousand dollars under, and, and, uh, CB350Fs, especially the non-ABS version. If you go out on Cycle Trader, there's a whole bunch of those being blown out. Uh, a, some of the other 300 CCs, but looking at a true 250, right now, the, the biggest bargains are, The old style 250 Rebel, the new, the Mm -hmm. new, the newer ones are so much better that I don't think Honda dealers can give these things away (laughs) when you've got the other 300 Rebel sitting across the showroom from it. I mean, they have so much more power. They're water cooled. They're modern engine. They're, they're, uh, you can get them with ABS. There's just, there's just absolutely no reason to get a, a, an old 20, 17, 250 Rebel. And so there's, if you go through Cycle Trader, there's just listing after listing of them of people trying to blow them out. And the other one was the GW250, which, and I have to, full disclosure, I wrote an article for Hooniverse a couple years back and I called it the last truly bad motorcycle (laughs) that you can buy. And it's not a bad bike because it's a bad bike. It's a bad bike because it's a 250. It's almost the same dimensions as like um uh, Moto Guzzi V7 as far <laughs> yeah. as the wheelbase and the seat height. The rider's triangle is almost identical to a Moto Guzzi 1000 SP that tells you how big this bike is. And it's got a 250 motor that was designed for the third world. So it was designed more in terms of make it run forever, give it really good gas mileage, Rather than peak power. So it, it, it's not even competitive with, uh, like the, the CB300F single puts out more power than this nice water cooled twin, but it mm-hmm. does get like 70 miles a gallon. Well, anyways, not to make this story too long, but I was thinking, okay, what 250 would I want if I was going to try and get that 250 patch for myself? What 250 not going to a 300, not going any higher. And I was like, okay, 675 miles in a day. It's got to have enough power that it could run at 70, 75 in there all day long. And it would have to hold up. It's got to probably be water cooled. I don't think, uh, uh, some of the, some of the 250 would, would work. If they're air cooled, they're just going to trash themselves. So, mm-hmm. and I was looking, I was like, wow, here's, it's super smooth. They, they, everyone says, even at, at Redline, the GW50 is really smooth, really nice bike. Uh, it's got a huge seat on it, really comfortable. You can get a fared version that actually has a sport touring fairing that actually wouldn't protect your helmet, but it would take the wind blast off of you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh my goodness, this is the perfect bike. It doesn't yeah. matter how it handles because you're just going to go straight line. And I was like, Okay, how much could I get one of these for? And I'm looking, you know, 34, 35, 36, you could pick up one of these. And I'm thinking, man, well, unfortunately, there's not any within 400 miles of Kansas City, which is really good. <laughs> Spending that kind of money for one trip is dumb. Going across the country to get the bike is beyond dumb and I'm not going to do that. But anyways, I thought about it. I was like, okay, no, I guess I'm just not going to get that patch. But it was a fun mental exercise that actually made me attracted to a bike. You know, they say every bike is good if it's meeting its design purpose. Mm -hmm. And if you want a true 250 long distance tour, that's actually a really good bike for that. So, yeah. uh, Okay. We probably should wrap up there. Uh, Garrett, I know you need to take off and, uh, Eric, anything else you want to add? I've kind of, uh, monopolized our last couple minutes here. No, I've been doing a
2: lot of car stuff lately. Although at one of the car things, uh, I did run into a few motorcycle people. So, um, there were one was a Canadian guy and another one was from up in Seattle. So, uh, cool. it was, it was interesting at a car it well, at a Jeep event to, uh, to talk about, Motorcycles a lot, so it was fun.
0: Yeah, and
2: you're announcing this weekend. Yep, last uh, last car announcing uh, race. In fact, it's delayed because last Friday was supposed to be it, but it rained, so uh, it got delayed to this Friday, and that'll be the last one of the year.
0: Okay, well, we'll be back again next month. In the meantime, uh, check out hooniverse.com. You can get our podcasts if you obviously. Already get them if you're listening to this, but, uh, shout engine, oh. iTunes, please rate us on iTunes. That helps. Um, and sorry, Pete, just to jump in, I do have the,
2: the, the Jeep trip is up on Hooniverse now. And the, another trip I did for Hooniverse to Austin to, uh, for a Subaru rallycross finale. That should be up hopefully by the time that, uh, you hear this. So and- check that out on Universe.com.
0: And uh, I'm posting uh, a little something every day at uh, four o'clock Pacific time that shows up every day. So check out my posts and uh, the Hooniverse uh, whole revamp redesign is in the works. That'll be coming along soon. Uh, probably not before we're back next month. So uh, we will see you then. And in the meantime, Ride safe if you're riding. Uh, I will be later this month taking off for a three day spider trip down to the Ozarks with my wife on the three wheelers. So (laughs) uh, I'll report on that next month. And uh, after traveling for my dad's 90th birthday, I'm going on a family trip. And then when I get back, uh, I'm going to tear into my motorcycles. I promise. Good. Okay, good. We'll see y'all next month. Alright, so long. Bye-bye.